0: Hello, and welcome to captivated audience. My name is Marie Lundberg, and I'm joined as always by my friend and professional colleague, Sam Sheen. And this is the part two of our talk with David Buxton, the CEO of Arachnes. We jump right into it. Sam, over to you. What do you do when there's no information? And what I mean by that is uh, I teach an enhanced due diligence course. And one of the things we've had to look at, particularly when I teach in an international finance center, is that some customers can afford to hire someone to make them go away on the internet. And so you write a report say, and this happened to me once, where I had a report from several years earlier about a very, very, very high risk customer. And they wanted to start doing a different type of business with the bank. And they sent them off to refresh the KYC report and came back and said, we can't find anything. In fact, we can't even find the thing we found last time. We can't find anything on the internet. I mean, what, what do you do about that?
1: So I would say like negative SEO is a problem. It's more of a problem for processes that rely heavily on Google you know, that's the sort of prime place that you're really focusing your resources if you're quote unquote, reputation managing yourself. Even the most sophisticated people struggle to avoid leaving any trace at all. There are ways that you can do that in a personal context to some extent, right? You know, you can have a Bermuda Trust which controls a BVI company which owns 100% of the voting stock of a Cypriot corporation, which like has several assets across the Caucasus, right? You know, pretty traditional corporate structure if you are a Russian oligarch. That's one way, right? But what I would say is generally, what you need to do is you need to look for alternative data sources, right? So you need to be looking for the traces that people and companies will struggle to avoid leaving behind themselves entirely, even with the best effort. So things I would think about are how would you drill into the corporate information that is available? So typically, that's what we would talk about as like deep web, right? Stuff that you know, is often out there, but sometimes buried in PDFs. And that's some of the stuff that, you know, we talked about the data pillars. Do you think about that kind of third data pillar and the fourth data pillar of robotic process automation, um, either on the in the cloud or on the desktop? That's really what those sources are designed to get you to, right? It's designed to get you past this kind of wall of nothingness. And then I think there's also other things. So one of the things I'm most excited about at the moment in terms of what computer scientists talk about as recall, right? So that means basically your reach, right, as an investigator is looking at how international trade data can be analyzed and linked up in a way which gives you both quite good risk signals and also quite good over quite a large population of um, entities of interest and i think it's particularly relevant for financial institutions whose businesses are heavily international and so those are the sources i'm most interested about because it's very difficult If on some level you're like moving goods physically around, it's very difficult to keep your name off the paperwork entirely. It's definitely possible, but it's really, it really gets quite hard after a while.
0: David, you just mentioned Google. I would say that might be the most common tool used by the anti-financial crime community today in order to search and to obtain information. So tell us in your opinion, why isn't Google the best way to get information? Might we be missing something here?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think maybe the easiest way of thinking about it is like it's got too much stuff right in the sense that you know everything's there you know the algorithm is incredibly good you know if you want to buy a balance bike or something which is a recent project for me you know you can find one pretty quickly it's also got too little right because it's not digging into these kind of deep web sources where uh, which are not indexed by the type of web crawling that google does right so you're kind of not you're not getting this depth and this kind of detailed access to you know let's call it like corporate information for example and then finally was the problem that sam identified earlier which is kind of that it has like the wrong stuff because it's such an important battleground that there are people who devote their livelihoods and their entire organizations to you know manipulating it both in terms of you know generic seo so people who are doing it just to like rank higher for balance bikes or whatever but also for you know they're trying to avoid their reputations being quote unquote tarnished by the the Google box in the sky.
0: It's a bit like a Goldilocks syndrome then. It's too. So sometimes it's too hot, sometimes it's too cold. It doesn't I mean, have that perfect spot where it's just right.
1: Yeah, and I think you know that's really when. But that's only the first of the problems, right? Because you're sort of like well. You've got too much data to really know that you've seen it all, you've got too little to actually get stuff that is really important and very kind of indicative, you know, both from a risk perspective and also useful from a KYC perspective. And also potentially you're not really sure about the quality, these, you know, there's GDPR requests, there's all that stuff. But then you have this other problem, which is that it's incredibly difficult to to drive a consistent structured process through Google. So I would be the first person to boast that if you give me like an hour alone with Google and an investigation you know, I will show you something that like, maybe you guys can do it, but I, I will show you this like something like your average person can't do. I will show you information you just can't, other people might not be able to find. And it's not necessarily because it's not in the index. It's just because like the level of experience and skill with the, you know, the quirks and so on is, is very different. You know, what we see from a lot of customers is that what they're trying to do fundamentally is scale a risk mitigation process where my professional background is an investigations background where fundamentally what you're really interested in is the truth and that is actually not the problem in financial services the problem in financial services is that you want to across your portfolio of risk you want to be able to quantify and you want to be able to mitigate that risk and in an ideal situation that would also be strongly correlated with by like, finding the truth but the reality is you simply cannot scale a process like that in a way which you know is truth focused because it's just it's just too expensive, it requires too much training, there's too much idiosyncrasy. How can you defend like what's the woman called in homeland? Imagine if you like put her into the compliance yeah. department of some bank. You know, she'd be fired in like 25 minutes. I mean it's extraordinary. So you know those sorts of processes are completely impossible or extremely hard to scale. Like, you know we just need to be honest about what problem we're actually solving. And the quantification of risk is a really important thing. It allows the entire organization to actually function because it can make sensible data-driven decisions um, and it can defend those decisions to its key stakeholders, whether they be employees, whether they be its board, whether they be regulators, etc. You know, I, don't, I do not believe that the goal of providers like us should be to give, insert bank name here, CIA-level information-gathering ability. I just, I just actually don't think that's like a, the right aim at all. I'm not sure how useful it would be.
0: Well, unfortunately, Kerry Matheson was not available for an interview. Fortunately, a good number of yours and our peers were, so we had had discussions on everything from data needs to be squeaky clean on one side to there is no such thing as perfect data on the other one. So tell me, on that scale, where are you and Arachnus situated?
1: So I think, again, with AML there's one more answer kind of, and with KYC there's a slightly different answer. I think with AML, It's all about providing as much information as possible and then being able to feed that into an analytics engine that can actually throw away the the bad stuff and really read signal from the good stuff. And you can pre-process that and you can provide some higher level kind of constructs which enable you to not get completely drowned by it, right? So you can sort of have different signals coming in in more structured ways, but ultimately what you're trying to get is as broad a picture as possible. Because what you're trying to do is really quantify risk and you're trying to benchmark it against the world. Um, And the biggest flaw in that process is that where companies are simply, or where entities or individuals are simply flying under the radar, it's very difficult for you to, when you have no signal at all, it actually becomes quite difficult for you to say anything about them. Um, and that's actually a bit of a process problem. Like, you know, from an AML perspective, do I find it suspicious that this guy who's like moving tons of money around literally is invisible from the point of view of the world? There's nothing bad, but there's also just nothing. That's number one thing. Um, on a KYC side, I actually think that the answer is really very difficult because it's sort of almost paradoxical think about it in this way all banks basically go through a five-year cycle where they're like we need to have like a centralized golden source of all our customer information is in like one place and then they're like spend 100 million dollars building and then they're like okay well that didn't work so what we need is we need to have a centralized golden source of where we put all of our heroes these and you know the cycle kind of repeats itself the only way you cre- can create in a large organization a golden source is by basically like locking like whatever the records are that actually is Kind of a locally good strategy right in the sense that as when you turn the key you're like phew no one can mess it up but the one thing you do know about the world in aggregate is that things change nothing stays the same and so by making it really difficult for you to edit data through making it very difficult to change stuff you actually get into a situation quite quickly where you guarantee that your data set is bad in some way there feels like there's this like big tension between how do we like lock stuff, make sure it's like high quality, but also like make it flexible enough that people can actually update it and, and we can actually learn new things from it? This is sort of the, the paradox of perpetual KYC. When we think about the actual solution to that, we actually have a very strong point of view on that, which is basically derived from actually some of the interesting things that um, have happened over the last, really last decade or so, in terms of what's called version control in coding, like, you know, Programmers manage their code using these things called version control systems. The most popular one is written, is a tool called Git, which is written by a guy called Linus Torvalds, who actually wrote Linux, which is the sort of operating system which runs the world. And what Git is, is basically a system for managing very complex code bases by allowing them to be updated in ways which very clearly track provenance, right? So you can very clearly see where changes have come from. You can merge changes together. You can maintain parallel branches of changes. So you can maintain sort of Different people can be working on slightly different data, but there's ultimately a resolution mechanism, a reconciliation mechanism for everyone to come together at the end. And the reason I think this is so interesting is because this is actually the model that we've adopted for modeling KYC, for for modeling entity data in KYC, because it turns out that if you adopt this kind of like, either it's the golden source or it's a free-for-all model, you basically end up with bad data for different reasons. Whereas if what you have is is a more like distributed system where you know, the definition of truth is more functional. The definition of truth is is different for marketing purposes, right, than it is for strict regulatory purposes. For a marketer, you actually really care if the email bounces, right? And so having a kind of distributed system, is what they call it in programming, a distributed version control system, allows you to maintain different versions of truth for different purposes and then to ultimately have those sort of reconcile and merge back into each other. And so you end up with a mechanism for everyone who has a stake in the data being right being able to maintain their bit, but there's still being some sort of central control on what you consider as an organization that the sort of the sort of single source of truth to be.
0: Squeaky clean, or there is no such thing as perfect data, or are you somewhere in between?
1: Well, I think KYC has got to be squeaky clean, and I think AML has got to be not. But I think squeaky clean is can be defined locally to almost the process or the task, right? It doesn't have to be a global variable, which everyone sees the same value of it every time the things that you are relying on to make your decision have to be accurate. And you have to have a way of tracking where that information has come from. And actually, that's the key thing that really customers get from us is not just the, as it were, the data point, but the kind of provenance of what was the data source that you pulled that data point from and what time did you do that and who looked at it as a result? And how can I trace that back? Because actually, if you can be very confident in that, then it's much easier for other people in your team to say, well, actually, maybe I can rely on that that source of data rather than oh let's create our own database for this
0: thank you you so much david for taking the time today and joining us here on captivated audience
1: thank you very much indeed
0: and that's a wrap for sam and i and captivated audience if you would like to do as david just did and partake or have some interesting topics you would like us to discuss please drop us a line on linkedin or on our website captivatedaudience.eu Until next time, thank you for listening and please
1: stay safe.